salutations. I bet you don't have anyone else greeting you with that. You are tuned in to Catch Up Sessions with Mark Laguna. We're still at it. Season 2 brings you friends from all over the globe. From Down Under, in the last session, we travel northwest, making sure to skip the craziness of the U.S. for now and landing in Canada, or fine, Canada, home of Justin Bieber, Celine Dion, and Shawn Mendes, all of which are not mentioned in the conversation. Well, enjoy your eavesdropping. The best time to catch up is now. Catch up sessions. Today we meet Brian Lau, true blue Canadian with parents who emigrated from Hong Kong. Listen in to what turned out to be his fun travelogue. Hey, Mark. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good yourself? I'm alright, I'm alright. That's good, that's good. You're driving, are you sure you can do this while you're on the road? Uh, yeah, well I'm not, I'm not having video call, right? So, it's okay. I guess, I mean, people do hands-free. Focus on the road, don't hit those ducks that you sent oh, me. Oh, yeah, those goose are, uh... Uh, oh, goose, they're, yes. They're all right. They're all right. Why, why are they walking in the middle of the road? That's a good question. Your guess is as good as mine. That's all, yeah. Like, I don't know. They're probably, uh, you know, it's like that joke, why did the chicken cross the road? No, but I would imagine Canada being the awesome place that it is, you would have, you know, goose lanes or something. Um, actually, that is not true. Um, we have had police officers stop in entire traffic just for um, geese to cross the road with like oh. moms and dads and baby ducklings for like eight of them, which is pretty cute. As you should, you know, make way. Exactly. How's school? School is good. Um, remaining to take three classes. It's a little weird with online, but I mean, it's a transition, right? Yeah. Some, yeah. some profs aren't tech friendly are tech savvy, so you gotta bear with them. <laughs> and I know how, you know, the students can also make the excuse of, oh, sorry, my line's breaking up. Have you done that yet? <laughs> During presentation? Yes, uh, or if you're called out to, I don't know, answer, then you don't. Nah, not yet. Quiet. <laughs> And may- maybe in the su- in the in the foreseeable future, if I ever get called out, because participation mean, is a thing now, right? So like, I'll pretend to cut out and like answer the half the question and then pause. <laughs> right, right, and then you know pretend buffer. Well, uh, we have to take a step back because you know we need to get people to know you first. Sure, of course. <laughs> I guess I can do a quick brief introduction. We can go there, but I, you know, I make it difficult for my guests for the podcast. Okay. Um, just because some more excitement. I actually do ask people to introduce yourself, but you can only give me three statements that will answer the question: Who is Brian Lau? Ooh, spicy. Okay, Brian Lau is adventurous. Mm-hmm. Who 
is up for a challenge and loves to... We'll dissect that one by one. So, you are adventurous. Uh, I guess uh, a bit yeah. of this is you flew all the way from Canada, uh, which is where you're from. Yeah, specifically Vancouver, BC. Is that the French-speaking part? No, Quebec and Montreal are. But do you know how to speak French? I know a little bit, Come but on. not enough for conversation. What? Give I me a bit. It, it was mandatory in elementary school and oh. grade 8, which is when I was 14? 14, I would want to say? Grade 8 is 14, maybe 13? So you should have picked up a few. Bonjour. Bonjour, mon ami. Yeah, bonjour, mon ami. Je m'appelle Brian. Ah, très bien. of my French. <laughs> That's what everyone <laughs> learns on the first day. Exactly. Well, done. well we move on then uh, with uh, sure. the little adventure that you had in Asia. Yes. Absolutely. So I had the opportunity to um, kind of take my learning outside of the classroom and go study abroad in Singapore from August 2019 till December 2019. And mm -hmm. I think this opportunity was so amazing because not only was I able to travel, but also be able to interact with students, locals, and just people in general that kind of broadened my thinking. And I think it was amazing. And it is definitely the highlight of my university career. Wow, highlight. What year are you in or, now and what course are you taking? Yeah, so I'm in fourth year. Technically, this should be my final year, but I'm going to delay my graduation by one year. And then right now, I'm concentrating trading in marketing, finance, operations, management, and doing a certification in business analytics and decision making. So therefore, uh, my current courses are financial institution, consumer behavior, and strategy. Wow, you're basically, you're basically taking like four departments in a corporate work group in one. <laughs> What are we trying to do? We're trying yeah. to do everything here. Trying to do everything, yeah. I, I couldn't decide, so I might as well try, dip my toe in everything, right? Uh, well, that's one way to do it. Yeah. But uh, talking more about this Singapore experience, so this is like an exchange program that's offered in your university. How did that go? Yeah, so I think it all started in, when I was in first year, and some other older student pitched this idea where we should go study abroad. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, as a first year, you never really pay attention to these things until like university starts to get more serious at the end or like you kind of need a break or you know traveling slightly more important or what have you not right so yeah uh, i guess it was in third year when because you need to apply in it one year in advance and Ooh. so after third year i was like hey look for some odd reason i wanted to go on exchange i think it was the influence of traveling like like i started to travel more with my friends i wanted to see other places i want to see different cultures and traditions and then also friends coming back and saying how stellar it was because i started to have more older university friends mm -hmm. um, did you have any other options though yeah. i mean or was it only just singapore oh absolutely i had so many different options i think i can pick from 76 countries i believe what? yeah yeah so at simon fraser university specifically i studied business so we have the bd school of business and they have partnership with many different universities around the globe and they have to be taught in english which is a good thing well that's like uh, more than half of the population so yeah so that's why we are able to have a lot of partnerships ranging from like germany to sweden to switzerland to korea japan the united states argentina china taiwan basically any major country that you can think about we probably have with but with all of those options, what brought you to this side of uh, the globe in Southeast Asia? Yeah, so I don't 
think I wanted to dive and study in Europe for some reason. I still like to remain within my Asian heritage. <laughs> oh, we have to um, mention that because you're Canadian, but yes, indeed, you're allowed. Yes. <laughs> for crying out loud. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I have a Chinese heritage background, and my parents are from Hong Kong. So oh. I didn't think I didn't think that it was value added to go and travel. And study in Hong Kong because I already mm -hmm. know their culture. So I wanted something in Asia, but I wanted I've never been to Southeast Asia. And what better way to have an excuse and travel to 11 different countries over a four month time period or five month time period and have my home base in Singapore? So that is one of the greatest reasons. And in addition, I think. Singapore had a great business hub, or is mm, a great yes, business hub. Yes, so indeed. Being able to talk to individuals and professionals there was stellar, you know. In addition to traveling, I had also had the opportunity to talk to some professionals there. Yeah, good exposure. So we'll touch yeah, more about yeah. um, that adventure. But what was the second thing that you said about yourself? Challenge. 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 You love challenge? Let's put challenge is a good thing. Not always love the challenge, but I'm up for the challenge. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And in what ways uh, do you live that each day? In what ways? Let's say I don't like to stay in my comfort zone if possible. I mean, of course, I will always at times go back to my comfort zone because that is something I'm comfortable with. But one thing I do want to push myself out of is maybe the status quo, you know, trying to, trying to see what new things I can gain, see what new problems I can face. Uh, I think one of the biggest challenge I faced was actually going on this exchange um mm -hmm. never done that never never lived on my own before never traveled on my own before and never first had to time, figure out wow. all these yeah it, it was amazing though it was eye-opening so um what was the biggest challenge of all of the things that you had to go through you know with just being all by your lonesome well technically you're not alone uh, you met cool people here too right yeah i definitely did i i made friends everywhere which was the amazing part i think the challenge was Oh, that's a t like the one single thing. Um, I give you two. <laughs> I'm two. generous oh, like generous that. <laughs> I know, right? I think one of the challenge is just mm, I don't know. I didn't see it as a challenge. Actually, that's not true. I think I think a challenge was like knowing what to do. You know, given that there's so much that I had to prioritize. Right, and so little time. I mean, five months seems like a long time, but if you you did like what six country stops you mentioned? Yeah, or eleven. Yeah. Or uh, no, twelve. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, it's critical. <laughs> yeah, but I think the challenge. Two things I gotta sum up is the first one is being able to prioritize what I wanted to do. And the mm -hmm. second one is enjoying the moment. Ah, yes, indeed. Yeah, I think I definitely got caught up at the very beginning that I was looking forward to everything in the future because mm -hmm. I already had trips planned out. I had events planned out or that I could look forward to. And so I think at the moment, I wasn't enjoying it as much rather than I was looking into the future. And so being able to kind of take my base as the current situation and, and know what I am currently facing is so wow wow i mean now you have to give us all 12 places and then maybe pick one or two what is your most favorite oh okay so i went to starting in southeast asia obviously singapore malaysia um i went to thailand and indonesia philippines where i met you and then went to laos which was probably one of my favorites went to vietnam and cambodia a few times went to taiwan at the end of my studies went to Shanghai to wrap it all up. That's and 11, right? I didn't, 
I didn't count. I trusted you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get someone else to count it. Don't worry about it. But I think the few favorite places were Luang Prabang in Laos. What to do? What I actually haven't been, I think. I think uh, we went there for a recess break, but we only had three days there. But we just kind of didn't have a concrete itinerary other than look at some temples and sunrises and coffee and look at the Batu Cave uh, mm. over there, which was really nice. And then we just, I think one of my favorite parts of that trip was when me and, oh, we also went to the um, Kuangsi Fall which was a beautiful wa- uh, waterfall where it was like an outdoor spa because then they had the skin-eating fishes. I don't know. Oh, yeah, they're on they your feet. Talking. Yeah, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. on your feet. But then but then it's in the entire pool. So then once you dip your entire body. Your whole body? Yeah. And and so they, they just, you know, nibble away. And, and it's kind of a nice feeling with like the waterfall splashing on you is just beautiful. So that's definitely a place to check out. But then I think one of my favorite parts was being a, not having a destination and hopping on a motorcycle or a scooter mm-hmm. and just touring around the city with no destination in mind and taking wherever your curiosity takes you. You know, mm. it was interesting how me and my friend, we were like, oh, let's go there. And then she's like, oh, that looks interesting. And so we went there. Just discover what you have uh, in front of you. Exactly, yeah. So then that was an amazing part of that trip. So which was the second? Nusa Lembonga, which is off of Bali in Indonesia. So what can you find there? That one is a... I took a day trip because I was going to meet another friend or same friend in Bali, but then she had class. So then she couldn't get off yet. And so I went independently and taking a ferry in the morning. So I think you can complete this tour within a day. Definitely, you can do it in multiple days by hopping on a scooter. So I I think one of the highlights, again, is being open-minded. And I learned how to ride a scooter in Vietnam through my mom's friend. Just in this trip? Yeah, just on this trip. Well, it's just like riding a bike. Mine is a cycling. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Similar thing, you know. Just hop on, go vroom vroom, and then... (laughs) Right on, right away, yes. Yeah, and being able to know that skill, I I was able to go different places and not be restricted with my mode of transportation, right? As motorcycles is huge in Southeast Asia. Break time. Well, because this was also the part when I lost him. Coming up, more about his fun Asian exchange, and we get to hear what's it like to live in Vancouver. Stay tuned. There's always a reason to catch up. Catch up session. Hello? Hey, there you are. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, I just, I think it's because I was switching back. Uh, Wi-Fi. Back home now? Yeah, uh, Wi-Fi. Man, your data connection is super good. Not once in that travel while driving did get, like, cut or something, so. Nice. Data, I found out, is usually better than Wi-Fi. But the thing is, data is expensive in Canada. Phone bills are very, very expensive. Phone plans in Canada is double to triple to maybe four times the price of Asian phone plans. Oh, really? I mean, sorry, you have to be specific. Which part of Asia? 
because like Singapore and Philippines probably have the same price, but the quality is like from zero to one hundred. The difference mm, that makes sense. Okay, but then yours um, is pretty good. Yeah, but it's very expensive. It's like four gigabytes. My phone plan is forty five dollars. And then um, with a Wi Fi connection, how much do you usually pay for a month? Wi Fi connection is at home. Um, uh, you wouldn't know this because you never check the bills. <laughs> All right, where were we? We got cut. I was talking talking about about riding a motorcycle. Yes, yes, we were on that. uh, That was the best mode of transportation around the different islands here in at least this side of the world. Yeah, definitely. And so I think one of the reasons is because our speeds are greater that we travel at, and there are more cars. And so mm. motorcycles don't have right of way as much. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that many of the times in Asia, I was traveling around 40 to 50 kilometers per hour. That's um, a bit fast, no? For a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Well, I like to speed, but <laughs> <laughs> but that was considered slow here. You know, like on our average speed, we usually go 60, 70, sometimes mm, 80. Mm. And then 100 on highways. For right? sure. Yeah, yeah. So that aspect, I, I can understand why it would be a lot more dangerous. You know, the impact is a lot more significant if you're traveling at like 80 kilometers compared to like 40. All right. That's science for you. Uh, that's not part of your course, right? You're trying to study everything. <laughs> of course. Gotta know everything, right? Uh, overachievers. The third thing that you did mention is that you love food. Absolutely. It's easy to say you love food, but what proof do you have? Mm, I'll never say no to any types of food. During your travels around, what was the most exciting nasi food that you tried? Was really good. Which, oh, oh, nasi. Oh, yes. Yeah. I- I've never had that before until I went to Asia. Yeah. Uh-huh. Laksa noodles were really good. The spicy Steamboat. one? Yeah, the spicy one. Um, Steamboat. I've never had a like hot pot infused barbecue. What does that mean? So you have a hot plate on top of a hot pot. So you have a massive bowl and then you have soup base around. Right. And in the middle, you have a hot plate where you can grill some food on. Oh, you grill it. And then when do you use the soup? For other types of food. Okay. So it's grilling like Korean barbecue and then yeah. hot pot also. Oh, because you can also just dip it in, in the soup. Exactly. exactly. It's like you trying to have everything in one. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, when, when I'm too greedy and I can't pick one, why not have both? Right? Do it all. Most of my listeners are Asian, so we know what you're talking about. But yeah. we would like to know, what do you usually have in Canada? Again, my mom's pretty Asian, so we usually have rice with dishes, pairings. Rice with everything. Everything, you know, coming from like vegetables and and no, we don't eat carrots and broccoli and lettuce. We have actual like um, (laughs) old soy and like gailan and... Oh, 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 like the legit Chinese oh, Yeah, the legit, you know, and Taomyu. I, I don't know how many of your listeners are Chinese, but I hope they understood that. Um, the greens, you know, the actual the greens. Yeah, 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 that you boil. Yeah, oh. exactly. But what oh. is a non-Asian family? Typical Canadian meal. Yeah, so they have usually a choice between like burgers with like patties or uh-huh. steak meal or like steamed vegetables. They can have pasta ranging from like spaghetti to what other things would they have? To bread and mashed potatoes, to turkey, to chicken breast, to salmon, just mainly more of independent meals where they have one piece of meat with Mm -hmm. a side dish of carbohydrates and then lastly some vegetables. 
So it's not uh, like Asian. fairly simple. Asian is complex. Yeah. You have like yeah, so exactly. much more components. Exactly. Like my friend, I think a very easy thing to to, to relate to is my friend was asking me, "How do you count calories?" And <laughs> as you probably yeah. know, you can't count calories. So many, so many ingredients. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You just mix everything up and then you stir it up and right. But for him. <laughs> It's very easy, you know. He counts. Oh, this chicken breast is three hundred fifty. This right. set of vegetables is a hundred twenty. You know, he can very easily isolate it. And so, I guess you can kind of make that comparison between Western and Asian cuisine. Oh, you're right. What's your favorite food? My favorite. I would say favorite foods because I have multiple. So. Definitely on a recovery day. So、um, recovery day after hangover. <laughs> yeah, recovery day is. Or a type of noodles. The soup base is amazing. Another type is on a more sit-down meal is a, a little more bougie would probably be steak and red wine. Fancy、mm, pants.、Uh, yeah, medium rare. <laughs>、uh, another thing is sushi. I really like a nice piece of raw fish and other nigiris. Fried chicken. You know. How do you like your fried chicken? Because I mean, like, there could be a million variations. Bone and pure bread. So like. No sauce and seasoning, or、oh. minimal, minimal seasoning.、Um, and you eat fried chicken on its own, or do you have rice、yeah. with it? That's no, no, no. I just、oh, have、really? fried chicken on. Yeah. yeah.、Oh. Well, the Asian meat,、yeah. it's like. Cannot. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. You always have to have some rice. What? What with our jollibees, which I had you taste、yes. when you were here, if you remember、yeah. that. It's like it's like Jollibee. We have something called Church's Chicken, which is like Jollibee, and、oh. we only eat the chicken. Dang it, no, no rice. rice. Yeah, no rice. But then there's also Korean fried chicken, which is oh yeah, that's and you have that with beer. So and you have that with beer, and you have that with daikon and radish. Another thing that I really like is dim sum. It's the Hong Kongese in you. <laughs> yes, and and sometimes fried rice and fried noodles. You know that is just the classic. Whatever I'm feeling like, if I, it's like my go-to. You know, whatever my mom is asking. Hey, we're gonna go out for dinner. Uh, or get takeout. What do you want? You know, just fried rice, fried noodles. Very simple, very easy. Right. For some reason, I don't like outside pasta. I like to make my own pasta. Why are you a pasta expert from not scratch? But, but spaghetti, like not from scratch, but like I like to control my own portion and、uh, only spaghetti though. Okay, so you're not controlling with the other things, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't make my own sauce. I don't make、oh, my、okay. own like I don't、Just、have dough and then start like rolling、uh, it up and like cranking it out. You know? oh, but do you want to have the power to mix it all up、yes. to your liking? That's well, fair. I, That's I, fair. I like, yeah, the al dente texture. You know, sometimes、mm. outside it's so soggy and. That's yeah, a bad restaurant. Then don't go back there. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't go there. That's why I make、uh, my own. You、oh. know. But good for you that you can actually get it perfect too, because yeah, yeah. On that topic, I actually cooked while on exchange. I learned how to cook, and and apparently I was deemed the best cooker within my household, which was. Well, you're a bunch of what twenty something, so、yeah. I wouldn't really put that as an accomplishment up there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, with a sample size of five or six. From where like, are these other people? Oh、uh, well, they range from four from America, one from Australia. They're all females, but they don't cook very well. Wow! So we're being、um, sexist here. Not sexist, but compared, objectively <laughs> speaking, right? Or subjectively speaking, sorry. They right, they、yeah. 
you know, like, like if you were to blindfold everyone and had a taste test, then you can tell mine was slightly better, regardless of my gender or not, you know? Okay. Okay. We'll <laughs> give that to you. I mean, uh, there's no uh, contest here. Not my word. It was their word. So maybe they just wanted you to keep on cooking for them. You ever realize yeah. that? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the reverse psychology, right? When they're too lazy to cook, right? Like you yeah. cook so good, so like just yeah, you right? know, take one for the team. Exactly. Maybe moving away from that a bit, Mr. Yeah. Adventurer, who's uh, up for the challenge and uh, who happens to love food. Curious to know, are you like second generation Asian or in Canada? No, so I'm first generation. My parents moved here around 25 years ago, maybe. Oh, yeah. So they came from Hong Kong and then they immigrated here and then, yeah, born and raised. I see. So what's it like? Yeah. What's it like in Canada specifically in terms of like the mix? You being, you know, Asian in a French-speaking nation, French-English at least. Well. French-English, yeah. I can't speak too much on the eastern side or the central side because I haven't visited that much. I don't know. I think my answer is very biased given that I was only exposed within BC and specifically Vancouver. It doesn't span too much, but just to give you a little context, Vancouver is probably a little bigger than Singapore okay. entirely. So given that geographic location, I think we're quite diverse, ranging from Asian culture to Western culture to Indian to Islamic to Arabic to Pakistan or South American or African. Such a diverse and, mix if you have all of those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think racism here particularly is as severe. Mm -hmm. I think people are very open and, or, sorry, not very open, but they're more open compared to down south in the states uh, um, yes. the hot spot and, now of yes craziness i think in vancouver specifically i grew up in a very asian culture i always had asian friends and white friends but i think it was the neighborhood that my parents put me in i guess yeah, all right like in the class university what will be the mix 45 percent asian because you're taking business just kidding yeah <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's very depends on what type of major you do, right? Like, I sat in a computer science, and that was like... 99% Asians. Okay, uh, 80, 88, you know. <laughs> and then I sat in a philosophy class, and then it's like, what, 60% whites? But yeah, it, it ranges, you know, like, it depends. And so then, like, there's at least small portion of each. Okay, at least for you, personally... Yeah. Do you see it as two extremes, mm. a super advantage, or do you see it as a barrier that you're in Canada of Asian heritage? Like, where are you in that spectrum? In terms of, like, what do you mean by challenge? Like, I guess career was one. Making yeah, making your stamp, basically, right? Because this is your home, given, you know, the background of where your parents are from. Yeah. And, you know, the dynamics of what you described, because anyway, it's not predominantly white population you have a good mix so do you see that as a good thing or do you have barriers also that you think you need to overcome i don't think it's a significant barrier mm -hmm. for example like i don't think given my heritage background that i will have a problem or struggle advancing my career in my perspective at least i mean i haven't stepped out into the real world so i couldn't say specifically but i do know some friends that are asian that are managerial position level not a lot but there are 
some, right? There are some very successful Asians here as well. But in terms of in class, I don't know, everyone's pretty open, you know, mm-hmm. being able to think of different ideas, being able to share it, being able to receive it. Obviously, there will be conflict, but as long as it's constructive conflict, it is productive. You yeah. know? But in terms of barrier and challenges, I don't think, well, me personally, I don't see a huge one. That's in mind. Well, you're in a good place. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't complain. I cannot complain. It's no, not you cannot. But you're not complaining. What are you celebrating being in Canada? I mean, you've been to this part of the world. I mean, mm. you're a world citizen. You know what's happening elsewhere. Mm-hmm. What's to love about Canada? I mean, everyone talks about your prime minister. I do get to watch coronavirus updates because he speaks yeah. both in French and English. Yes. And I'm trying to learn a bit of French. I was like, oh, like translation on like current events. So that's sometimes useful. But you as a citizen, what's there to love? And just so I can preempt, what's there to also not like? Yeah, I think one of the things I do like is democracy. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to vote and somewhat put in a voice trudeau would have fire talks where like he would gather representatives from different communities Mm -hmm. and answer their questions so then individuals can feel that they have more of a voice so Mm -hmm. that they're directly telling them rather than going through so many different political barriers just to reach the prime minister i think those fireside chats are amazing i think that would also be the downside is because we so many different diversity you have so many different voices. Mm-hmm. And so you somewhat spread yourself out slightly thin. Being able to satisfy everyone, you know, like, like you only have this amount of resources and you only have 24 hours. So which do you prioritize? Which do you allocate? You know, I think that would be one of the downside as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess he would say that he does give some attention to everyone and not okay. neglect a particular ethnicity or race and i think it's from where i'm staying at least like it's quite civil you know like the standard of living is quite high i mean the cost of living is also quite high but i can't complain as with the comparison in some parts of asia for example like thailand vietnam you know cambodia their standards of living are slightly lower you know you would never or rarely see street food that's very uncommon, you know, like in Asia and Just one of everywhere. Cart like food carts are everywhere. It's you you would see them on the street, you would at night, like it's just amazing. You know, I would mm-hmm. I would wish they have this here, but it's just not sanitary and people don't believe in it. So then therefore you only have restaurants oh. or food trucks. And very rare will you have food trucks, right? So never have I ever seen someone cooking on the streets that's just not a sight unheard of unheard of exactly like they would always have a billboard they would always have branding they would always have a location on the google maps you know it's very how do i say it's like it's established yeah i would want it to change a little but i don't think other people are open to that idea i mean because you have to see what it's like first exactly right Uh, the beauty of travel because you see firsthand that it can work in some other parts of the world yes but i think you're slightly moving backwards 
unless you're doing it for culture uh, yeah because I mean, the big true. part of it is you know they need to because they don't have space yeah. but it also has sort of become you know the hawkers of singapore they're still trying to maintain and protect because that's been a thing you know for them yeah that is definitely true i think one of the more safety health reasons is if you get sick if you get food poisoning you don't know to <laughs> yes exactly you don't know who to find you don't know who to contact the food safety and report to you know there is no accountability there and so so I guess in the Western culture, someone needs to be held accountable. But that's not the case over there. You know, if you get food poisoning, it's like, well, shut You can move you to know? the next street and then they can't it, find you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, and I guess I understand. Yeah. It's high risk living, but we're living it's, life. <laughs> yeah. So, so you develop a very strong stomach. Let's put it that way. That, yeah, it's true. It's true, true. They're microorganisms who take care of digestion. But maybe uh, one more. Can you give us a picture of what a typical day or a week is like for you? You're uh, 20 something. Yeah. Um, so it ranges, actually. Depends. Um, give us a good day, <laughs> and, good day. Uh, and a fun weekend. What, what do you usually do? Okay, I guess I can give you variations. This is in the fall, I would have class. So I would probably have like three to four days out of the week that I go to class. Wake up at like 8 a.m., I guess, a little why, late. Why so late? I mean, in Vancouver, we don't need to wake up at 6 or 7. To get to school. To get How to long school. does it take you? 30 minutes. It's not too bad. Is there such a thing as uh, heavy traffic in that part of town? Similar to what you've seen in Thailand or here? Comparison to Thailand? Absolutely not. There's just the amount of cars in Thailand. The amount of cars in Asia is significantly greater. You know? Okay, the road is a road there. You know, mm-hmm. here there are lanes that people actually drive and stick to. There is still reckless driving, but I would say there's not as much traffic. I mean, if traffic, it would be cars rather than motorcycles. And people would abide to the traffic light and red and green would have more of a say. We, then, <clears throat> we do that too. It's just that most people here are colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so wake up around 8, maybe 9 sometimes. Go to class at 10.30 or mm-hmm. 11. Maybe if I have an 8.30 class, then I'll wake up at like 7.30, 7.45. Not too big deal. Go to class, you know, study probably like 4, 5, 6 hours maybe. I try and not stack my classes, but also stack my classes. I found out that it was a much better thing to go to school and study. Um, just kind of the environment. And stay there. Yeah, exactly. And then I would have homemade lunch leftovers usually from my mom's cooking on the previous Mm. night dinner and then i would come home around four to five on a late turn night probably eight or nine and then Mm. i'll have dinner and then you know i'll probably wind down a little bit what like take a break watch some tv shows and then probably for like an hour maybe if i procrastinate two or three (laughs) (laughs) sure Um, sure don't feel yeah, and then I'll get to studying and, and get to doing my coursework and my projects. Lately, I've had to hop on a few group calls meetings just to, you know, get some work done. Um, so that'll probably be held at night. And then that would probably range off throughout my entire week, you know, study, group meetings. Oh, and then in the mornings, every other day, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would try and go to the gym. Just to, Not you know. every day? What? I do go every day, but you said in the general right? So for like two months, three months, I did it every day. Been, I know. you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, like that's only recently. So I can't say that's like you have so much day. more time now. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and I missed the gym, but so that's your typical um, uh, school day. Yeah. That's my typical school day. And then weekends yeah. and holidays, what happens in your life? 
Weekends and holidays. I don't know. I don't have a concrete like schedule that I always follow on weekends or holidays because I just do whatever I need to do. Like for example, run errands or have family time or complete homeworks or do extracurricular work because I'm part of a pro bono consultancy club at my oh, university. What do you and guys so do? We deal with local businesses and kind of create strategies and provide business solutions for them. Like for example. Um, helping them identify competitive advantages or assessing market entry strategies. Real life stuff. Yeah, yeah. For real so businesses. Good. Yeah, and it's really impactful because then, like, I don't think sometimes they're able to afford the actual consultancy, like firms, like the big four or other other consultancy firms. And so, if we were able to give our input, I mean, as students, they're also providing us the opportunity. And so, I think it's a pretty, it's a good win-win situation. Yeah, seems like it's hard just for my own learning. What are the big four consultancy firms? Big four means four firms. There's Deloitte. There's PwC, which is PricewaterhouseCoopers.com. Uh-huh. There's KPMG, um, which are four names. I don't remember them. <laughs> it's okay. I don't know that one. And what was the last one? There's EY, Ernest and Young. Oh, okay. No, three out of four. I feel good about myself. Yeah. And also, <laughs> so that's really good. Yeah. So they do audit, they do tax, they do mainly accounting, advisory services, um, financial services, strategy and ops, tech, digital marketing. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had uh, they, they have PwC do my China stuff, taxes. Yeah. And I guess on the weekends, I'll probably have a, like, a later start. At 11. Not ten. bad. Yeah. Wake up, you know, kind of do whatever I need to do. Probably like do my papers or group meetings. On the off cycle, I might go do, I don't know, play badminton with my family or have dim sum with them. Dim sum. Uh, yeah, you know, just gotta go back you know like revisit your food cuisine heritage and then do group meetings group calls i don't know there, there are a lot of times when i have to travel and i guess like hang out with friends uh, mm-hmm. but yeah i don't have a set schedule when you hang out with friends where do you guys usually go and what do you guys do oh boy we do a range of things if there's like honestly now that you ask me i don't even remember what we do like we just, when was the last time you hung out i mean before the quarantine for sure i guess we met up at music festival oh yeah, and like we were listening to some DJs and artists playing music, uh, which was pretty nice. Other times, probably just like grab bubble tea and then chill at a park. Bubble um, tea. Yeah, and maybe go to the beach and just chill there. Or maybe play ultimate frisbee. You know, recently I got in a lot into tennis with my friends. So then we have a lot of tennis courts and then we just play tennis for like a few hours and then go home. Yeah, sports. Music. Interesting. It's funny. You can tell from your schedule, both from the school day and then the weekends, you throw in a lot of schoolwork. What a diligent student you are. <laughs> Not actually. It's half procrastination, half um, napping, and, and half browsing on Facebook. Or It's know. okay. It's all thrown in, in, in there. It's, it's, uh, all, it's all lumped in there, you know. I, I think I'm studying. That, that, that's all that matters. <laughs> right. It was uh, blocked off in the calendar of study time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Many other things happen right yeah, in the middle. So from here, because you've had that five-month stint that Mm -hmm. we talked about earlier, that whole Asian adventure, what do you picture yourself as a future travel? I mean, I guess take away the we are hoping that the pandemic doesn't cause like crazy travel restrictions. But uh, what was changed, right, in your views on travel after that Mm. five months? I think now I want to set a part of my travels into two different portions. One is planning like I've never planned before to visit Mm -hmm. the major 
major viewpoints, the major the destinations, the hotspots, the, yeah. the must-sees, you know. Mm-hmm. And the other is a free travel where I don't have a set itinerary. Well, it, it depends on where I go, right? But I would now try to make some friends within that place just mm-hmm. so then i can you know get some of the local gems that they can share with the right jolly bee. <laughs> the jolly bees I, I wouldn't say jolly bees a local gem per se but okay but i, I couldn't convince you then i still no, couldn't convince you uh, now maybe, maybe some other times you know um <laughs> but like being able to share a meal being able to share their f- favorite viewpoint being able to kind of learn their background learn their culture and, and traditions that's part of traveling too that i found out and so not having being restricted with your itinerary you can go wherever your heart desires you know you can spend some more time some more extra time at a viewpoint if you know you are having a deep moment or deep talk with some of your travel companions right so i would say it definitely depends with who i travel with usually family they like to have a set itinerary Mm -hmm. but with friends i mean we can go with the flow you know see what it takes us where it takes us and then not be restricted with what we want to do right do you have a dream travel destination (laughs) oh yes absolutely destinations I would have to say South Korea. I've never been there. I would really want to visit Japan again, specifically Osaka. Another place is probably go to India because I've heard it was very beautiful there from one of my new friends that I've met in Indonesia. And another mm-hmm. place is South Africa that I want to go to. Wow, exotic places. Well, yeah. not Japan and Korea. <laughs> not Japan and Korea, but, but the other places, yeah. So The ones that you've met, mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, this person from Indonesia. How do you or do you get to keep in touch? Yeah, I mean, given that with technology now, it's a lot easier to hit them up and be like hey how's it going you know kind of catch up and stuff like that right and i guess one way is easily social media and on the far off when i don't know be able to catch up like from both parties then it's it's, it's nice to catch up right mm-hmm. being able to considering that they are even halfway across the world uh, but it's really good like now we're making time it's uh around midnight where i'm at it should be 9 a.m. So early. Yes. Um, you've had your coffee, right? Not yet. I just woke <gasps> up and drove my You have so much will... energy. Well, I like to drive, you know, being able to... Get out of the house. (laughs) Really good conversation. It's nice to get to hear from you again. I actually wasn't able to hear all of these stuff that we talked about on your adventures here. It also gave me some time to reflect. Mm -hmm. So what was the biggest lesson from all of those hops that you did? Biggest lesson, hey? It's what you make of it. You know, I think that's the biggest lesson is you have the power. You have the ability to go out and meet new people you have the ability to travel you have the ability to do whatever you want you are only restricted with what your mind puts you up with Mm -hmm. so that can be applied to whatever you do in life i guess career setting friendships relationships travels food whatever your passion you know interest whatever you you set your mind to that's a good one. Oh my gosh all right so as part of the podcast i also give uh, you a chance to whoever's listening out there if they have to check out you know something that is close to your heart or maybe a hot recommendation that's just something that changed your life or it could even be just a fun tv show that you think mm-hmm. we'll have to see what would those be well Am I confined with the the restrictions of COVID? Because if I were to actually recommend something, it would be to travel. Given that if you were to surround yourself within an environment, it's a lot more impactful than watching a TV show, I guess. (laughs) Fair point. 
Yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll give two things then. The first one is the book that I've recently picked up is Principles by Ray Dalio. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people have read that book or a TV show if people want to binge something is, I, I don't know, I've been watching a lot of Chinese drama. Oh, um, you've yeah. been uh, caught by the bug. Yeah, it's, it's really bad, but I just finished one recently and hopefully I don't start another one or else I won't be able to stop. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried Korean? I have, yeah. I, I watched some of the more well-known names on like Crash Landing on You, you know. I um, haven't even seen that. It's like number one here. It's, it's really good. It's have really you seen Itaiwan class? I haven't. Someone have suggested that to me. And Oh my gosh. Episode number one, so many things happened. Really? And I watched it at like 11 p.m. Yeah. And then, because it was a friend's suggestion. Why did you tell me this on a Sunday night? So I had to wait it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very, that's not good. <laughs> you start binging, like, like I catch myself watching until like 4 or 5 a.m. And Because you so, can. Yeah. I mean, you got to wake up in a few hours, but it's okay. It's worth it. I Just know. to know the You end. get life lessons or whatever. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. But I guess another big thing I've learned is you always take what you have for granted, right? Many people that I've met in Asia have never been to Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, They always ask me, oh, you know, the nature is so great there, hiking so great there, and and like there's so many mountain ranges. And, you know, being able to see and interact that every single day, or not hiking per se, but like have a mountain range, um, studying on top of a mountain, you definitely take it for granted many times. And so that's one of the biggest things that I've realized as well. Unless someone gets to point it out to your face. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. But it's more meaningful when you realize it on your own. But sometimes it's harder to reach. But how did you get to realize it? I guess for my case is traveling and seeing the other side, seeing how life can be in a different aspect where mm-hmm. the standard of living isn't as high in other parts outside of Canada. And on, on, on top of that, it's like it's just like opening your eye out and being able to realize that you have a beautiful scenery in front of you already, right? And just being humble about it. Um, yes. And the hope and prayer here is, you know, just because everyone's been locked down you know majority of the world you get to really just uh, pause and see i've been cloud watching like crazy and i've been instagramming them because every day is a new discovery oh the the clouds change every day but the way the lights hit it yeah it's just becoming a a hobby now all right uh one other thing that i do in the podcast is to give you uh well scenarios and you have to pick one sure it's easy on vacations Pick okay. one, a uh, mountain escape or beach paradise. <laughs> it's not so easy. Um, that was supposed to be a good starter. It depends on my mood and who I'm traveling with, but I guess mountain escape. Really? So you're a true blue Canadian with your mountains. Yeah, I mean, you can only do so much within a beach, right? Like What? There's tons to do. And this is me coming from the tropical islands of the oh, Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> It's your turn to go back to your beach background, hey? <laughs> all right, all right. I take that. So mountain escape it is for you. It's like yeah. in a lodge or tent. What is what? What does it look like? Oh, I was thinking of a one-day type of thing. Oh, like hiking where, up and then this... Yeah, like being able to see like a sunset view. Oh, wow. Well, or like yeah. seeing, seeing the city or seeing like ocean or something like that. All right, since uh, you're getting ready to get into the real world... This is a truth that you kind of have to, I don't know, get face-to-face with. Yes, bosses. Bosses? Yeah, pick one. You're given full independence, but zero feedback. Or you get, you know, decent amount of feedback, but this boss hovers around you. Which one will you pick? I think hover around me. um, Really? 
Yeah, yeah. Why I say that is because they're definitely coming from a place of more knowledge and experience than me. And so, if they were to hover around me, then yeah, it may be a bit more micromanaging, but they may be able to look at the mistakes I might make, and so I can learn hands-on about that rather than giving me full reign and independence. I think at this moment in time, because I'm fresh grad, that's probably the boss I would want to have. Yeah, someone who actually cares enough to teach you stuff. But you know, in in your career lifetime, don't worry, you'll get the. Good mix of men. Should be exciting. (laughs) All right. One last pick one on the first date. Yeah. Pick one. Okay. You get to meet her best friend who happens to be a guy or she gets to read out to you a page in her teenage journal. It's getting to know phase uh, on this date. I would say meet her guy best friend. Really? Yeah. Why I say that is because that's her present. Her teenage years is her past. Oh, that's a good point. And so sometimes her past may not be indicative of her present. Right. Um, And so given that she has a friend or really good friend that's a male, that means, I don't know, like, like I'm pretty open if I were to enter a relationship. I don't care if she has male friends. If anything, I would want her to have male friends mm-hmm. as long as she understands and knows the boundaries of what not to cross. Tall order. <laughs> well, no, that's right. no, no. So it's base expectation. It's base it's expectation it, setting. Exactly. Like, you know, if you're if you're entering a relationship, you should be committed, right? <laughs> for sure. For sure. Are you so, in a relationship? No. no, I am not. Oh, it was the last time. Uh, dun, dun, dun. That oh, she boy, knows. almost approaching two years now. Yeah. Wow, time passes fast. Don't worry, it'll be three in no yeah. time after 2020. It'll be three in no time, <laughs> I know, right? Gotta work on my own career for now. Yes, one uh, yeah. priority at a time. Exactly. Coolio. Well, that's it for the pick one. That'll do it. This session brought you the terms fireside chats. Apparently, it's what leaders in positions of power do if they can actually take action on the concerns of the population. Good job, Trudeau. Also, the big four. In the wonderful world of consulting, it's a place to be. Thank you for hanging out today. Remember to check back often or save this in your playlist if you haven't already. Also, tell someone about the sessions. Which one is your favorite so far? Hit me up and maybe we'll have you featured in the next catch up. Later. <laughs>